Heather's young lady back. It's Dr. Um, Carol Swain, Ph.D. You can go and follow her, Carol M. Swain. Uh, dot com. And, and Doc, it's great to see you. Good friend of mine for years now. And I always thank you for coming on. I'm honored. It's my pleasure. It's great uh, to get to know that you're a saxophone player and you have many <laughs> talents. Not just well, a great voice. You're more well, than your voice. I appreciate that. Yeah, we were down at Mar-a-Lago recently, and I'm, I'm, I was very glad to play. I was honored to play the national anthem uh, for the premiere of Police State. It was just, it's always an honor to see you. We've got to do that more often. Yes. Okay, look, look, I, I, I'm really sorry about what's going on right now. You told me before we started that you're a bit exhausted, as you should be. You've been uh, in the media for a week or so now because of this whole Claudine Gay thing from Harvard. I did not realize until probably four or five days ago that the person she allegedly stole from was Dr. Carol M. Swain, who, by the way, has got a book out called Adversity of Diversity, How Real Unity Training Can Promote Healing in a Post-Affirmative Action World. Go and get that book. I urge you to do that. When did you find out that you were sort of in the middle of this whole thing? Sunday evening, a week ago, right after church, I got a phone call from, um, I guess it's okay to say, well, I won't say his name, but a famed economist who, um, when he called, I said, what's wrong? You know, I, I didn't know. He doesn't normally call me at home, so I didn't know what right. was going on. And he said, the president of Harvard University has been accused, uh, well, she's been accused of plagiarism, and guess what? she plagiarized? You. Wow. And then I got several phone calls, one from a former student who was living in Hong Kong, and also uh, texts and emails. And I went to Chris Rufo's Twitter page and I read the articles. And until then, I was not aware of the controversy, nor had I read her dissertation or followed her work. I didn't realize how closely her work uh, paralleled my work. And initially, I did not want to rush to judgment. Right. People asked me about it, and I said something like, Imitation is the highest form of flattery, right. and if this is true, her committee, her colleagues, and other people bear some responsibility. That was my Sunday evening response. I said, I need to investigate. Monday morning, I had articles pulled, some of her articles. I did not get the dissertation until yesterday, but with the articles, I saw that she was actually writing about congressional representation and descriptive representation in areas where my work was considered path-breaking. Right. She would have a citation in the bibliography, but there was no way if you were reading her work, you would know that she was building on uh, my work in Black Faces, Black Interests, the representation of African Americans in Congress. It was my first book. It won three national prizes, was cited by the U.S. Supreme Court, and Library Choice magazine selected it as one of the outstanding books of 1994. And it was considered a path-breaking book, which you had to have at that time in the Ivy League to get tenure. I got early tenure on the basis of that book. And I was sad on Monday when I realized that she had plagiarized but I was saying for myself because I felt like she had cheated me out of um, citations. And in academia, citations matter. If she's not citing my work adequately, then other people are not aware of it. They come behind her, her students. Right. Uh, and then it's a ripple effect. So I went from, 
you know, trying to be calm on Sunday. I was very calm on Sunday. I joked about it. Sad on Monday and livid on Tuesday. When the uh, Harvard Corporation said that they were going to stand behind her, she was going to get to do a do-over. She's not going to be held accountable. Then I was livid. I, I almost never get upset. Almost, I'm always calm. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I had a rough 24 hours of anger. I was seething uh, at the whole idea that they would try, Harvard would try to redefine what is plagiarism just to keep someone. When I looked at her tenure record, the articles she would have put forth, it was mediocre. There's no way that should have gotten her tenure in the Ivy League, much less a rise to the rank of the Harvard president. Right. So I was pretty upset. Well, I can imagine, and rightfully so, the latest book from Dr. Carol Swain is Adversity of Diversity. Go and get that. So I, I, nobody's ever plagiarized me, so I just want to figure out how it works. From what I understand, and, and the definition of plagiarism is, you're taking somebody wholesale, taking what they did, and calling it your own. Uh, but but you said cited me a few times. Had she done that and then cited you in the bibliography or in, in the index, whatever, um, would that have been enough? Or, or should she not have done well, what she did to begin all, with? Joe, let me say that she, uh, I was not the only scholar affected, and she um, stole from the best of them. Most of the people she stole were people, she took ideas from were people that were at prestigious universities like me. Yes. Uh, in my case, there are two passages that are pretty much verbatim. One is from the prize-winning book, Black Faces, Black Interests, and another is from an article that I published in Congressional Quarterly Press, uh, in 1997. And so my larger argument, the one that I've outlined in today's New York Times, uh, it, well, yeah, in Monday's New York Times, yes, is that because I was the person who had completed the seminal work in that area on black representation, districting, uh, my book was considered, uh, you know, the path-breaking book her not acknowledging it adequately. I, I don't think it's adequate uh, just to have it in a string of citations when you're writing articles on the exact same area. So right. part of my complaint is not just two instances of verbatim. And I've been told by some people that there are more instances of her plagiarism of my book, but I have not completed reading her dissertation. So I, I can't say, but some people are saying that there's more evidence but it's clear that her whole dissertation, her early research record was motivated by my work. And I don't think that she gives sufficient attribution. In fact, there are places where she downplays and says that, you know, that work has not been done in this area. Wow. But I am listed in the, I'm listed in her bibliographies. Uh, and, but the particular places where it was plagiarized, it was, they were not cited. And plagiarism, the way we define it mostly is if you take verbatim from someone or if you uh, paraphrase and not cite, you know, if it's a loose paraphrase. Right. And in the cases where she got in the most trouble, the cases where it was just direct plagiarism, it seems to have been laziness as much as anything else. It's uh, author of Adversity of Diversity. You've seen her in uh, Dinesh D'Souza's movie. She's an incredible scholar, friend of mine, and I'm proud of that. It's Dr. Carol Swain. Go to carolmswain.com and find out everything about her. Get this book again, Adversity of Diversity. Um, immediately, the usual suspects showed up, Doc. 
immediately uh, you had the 1619 Project lady. You had you know, these people at MSNBC <laughs> and CNN. You had you had the anti-racist this guy and the anti- and and you can't get rid of the first black woman in 350 years to 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 lead Harvard because of a little thing like plagiarism. But and, and you're laughing because it is. It's so stupid. These people wait for an opportunity, don't they? Well, they consider everything racism. But yes. what I find interesting is that uh, all the black scholars other than me, in fact, I read an article that I was the only one complaining and said it was okay what she did. Come on. And I was sent an article today about a ethnic studies professor who was at the University of Colorado some years ago who plagiarized. And there's a whole article written about the 10 excuses he gave for plagiarism. And apparently his whole department supported him. And I think that it's so demeaning to black people yes. when black people uh, would argue that it's okay because it's not okay. And the ones who are defending her, you know, a lot of them, if not all of them, come from backgrounds similar to hers. And in her particular case, she went to Phillips Exeter Academy uh, the, the most prestigious boarding school in America, according to them. And she did her undergraduate at Stanford and Princeton, and she did her graduate work at um, Harvard. She won prizes for her senior thesis at Stanford and also for her dissertation. My contention is that if someone, you know, is a, is a serial plagiarizer, they've been doing it for a long time, yes. they need to go back and look at that senior thesis. And there's no way you defend this woman. Uh, I I come from nothing, as you know. You know, I was a high school dropout, teen yes. mom, community college before I went on to other colleges. But uh, you know, but this woman has gone to the best schools in America, and she's a child of immigrants, and her parents were professionals. And I read an article in the Harvard Magazine that said that her parents came to America as immigrants and put themselves through college. Sure. <laughs> But I'm telling you, the whole story needs to be examined now, but we're told you've got to shut up because it's a black woman, and you can plagiarize if you're a black woman. You know, uh, Doc, what bothers me is that well, it, took a while, it took a while for it to come out to notice that you happen to be a black woman, too. Well, the worst thing, I think, for the left and for her progressive elite supporters is that she didn't just plagiarize from, um, from you know, someone of similar status, it's like, I, I come from nothing. I I, I actually, um, you know, high school dropout, teen, in fact, middle school dropout, community college, and was able to graduate magna cum laude for my four-year degree. And I've worked very hard to attain the status, but I was never accepted by the elites. And I can tell you, thinking back to my Princeton years, that black political scientists, they were always jealous and they always gave me a hard time and they threatened me early on. And it all had to do with the fact that I never belonged to the black political associations. They never got to vet me. I was not one of them. And until I you know, served on Black Voices for Trump, I had spent my whole life avoiding black stuff because I just want to be an individual. I've never wanted to be part of an ethnic organization, but I made that compromise uh, in 2020, I guess it was 2016, or 20, yeah. no, 2020, 
was for Black Voices for Trump. But for the most part, that's just not what I do. Well, because because you, you came up through meritocracy. You came up not because of the, the ancestry that you happen to have. Look, I'm an Italian guy, and I've gone to the Italian-American club once and had pasta, but it, it doesn't define me. It, it, the, the whole thing is silly. We can enjoy our ancestry, but but that's that's a side note. That's a characteristic that's immutable. It's hard work that gets us the jobs and the opportunities that we want. This woman, it appears, is a woman of privilege, was a child of privilege, stealing from you, and I get your point, somebody who worked for it her whole life. So the, so here, here's what really gets me. Nobody on that side that's been backing her is backing off. They think she should keep her job just because of her, her ancestry and her characteristics. Well, I mean, and, she, and, Doc, it makes he, me uh, sick. Well, look at uh, uh, the uh, Biden's press secretary and his whole cabinet. Yes. Those are DEI appointees. And up until the Biden administration... When you had racial and ethnic minorities appointed, look at the ones that Reagan uh, appointed and other presidents. I, I would say even Clinton, they had uh, qualifications that most yes. people, we may not have liked what they did, but they were qualified for their jobs. We have a whole administration of people, including the vice president, who's not qualified for their jobs. And so DEI uh, has just brought us down and they're using racial and ethnic minorities to lower the standards for everyone, because I guarantee you, if Harvard gets away with with redefining plagiarism, it won't just affect the Ivy League. Yeah. It affect it will affect every college and university, and also K through 12 education. And I don't believe that they should be allowed to get away with it because of the harm it will do to higher education. But it also harms racial and ethnic minorities as well as any student of any race uh, who's worked hard. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Author of uh, adversity of standards. Exactly right. Author of adversity of diversity. It's uh, Dr. Carol Swain. Go to carolmswain.com. Couple of things. Corrine Jean Pierre walked out on day one. She said, "I am in uh, the the child of an immigrant, or I am an immigrant. I'm LGBTQ. I'm black, and I'm female." Basically, just laid down the gauntlet and said, "You can't (laughs) criticize me. You can't question me because of all this intersectionality I bring with me." And she really meant it too. And she has. Doc, she has been horrible at that job. She stinks at the job. But but now that I've said that, there are some people watching that'll go, "Boy, he must be racist to say that." No, but I mean, everyone can see it, and it embarrasses racial and ethnic minorities. And all of us know that the only reason the Twenty Fifth Amendment has not been invoked against Joe Biden is that Kamala is so uh, unqualified, and so they're more afraid of her unqualifications yes. than they are of Joe Biden's, whatever he's suffering from. And so that's not a way to run a country. And if you want to turn America around and you want to end racial discrimination and bring about racial harmony, everyone needs to be held to the same standard. Yes. You cannot be using racial and ethnic minorities to uh, to get away with things other groups are not allowed to get away with. Because if... Um, if um, Claudine Gay was a white man or even a white woman, she would have been fired already or she would have resigned. Yes. She would have immediately resigned. And the thing about Claudine uh, uh, clinging to the job in the wounded state she is, it tells you that she doesn't love Harvard. She's not thinking about Harvard University because if she was thinking about Harvard University and higher education, she would have resigned by now. That would have been the right thing to do. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Author of Adversity of Diversity, it's uh, Dr. Carol Swain. Doctor, come on more often. I really appreciate you stopping by today. Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Dr. Swain, I mean, she has a right to be mad. No, I mean, of course she does. It's her work. Yes. You imagine just showing up and like something's <laughs> taken. It's a book she wrote. It's an it's actual book. You know, look, it takes her yeah. on a book. Yes. And then, and then she just, you just grab stuff out of it. We inadvertently didn't cite it. Really? No, 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 no. I don't, I, listen, again, I if lie. you're the Harvard president, you should be smart enough to know that you've got to cite things. And if you didn't, I have to assume that it wasn't inadvertent. I mean, how do you even claim that? I don't, I don't get it. Well, it's so easy. We all do book reports, right? Coming up. Oh my gosh, yes. A ton you had to of take, them. you had to put it in quotes. You had to say where you got it. You, you had, had to put it in the footnotes or the bibliography. It's, yes, it's simple. That's what you had to do. I don't know why this is controversial. And you know what really bothers me is that if you're going to be some, you know, black leader, you're going to be Al Sharpton. You're going to be this 1619 Project lady. Why aren't you backing up Carol Swain? Because mm. it's not about skin tone. It's not about ancestry. It's about politics how do you come down on the issues if you get in line then we'll support you if you don't get in line you're out and it's the, it's the, it's the she's the aggrieved party they're acting like claudine gay is that's what blows my mind really nice lady. you got to meet her in person somewhere just a really nice lady sounds like very very nice all right 888-941-PAGS 888-941-7247 joepags.com if you like my pags parodies or if you hate them I've got one after the top of the hour. It's about that party in Boston. No whites allowed. We'll have that for you when we come back. We're ending your white privileges, the song. Keep it here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.